I really want to do a message that God put in my heart probably about a month ago now, partly because of some of the stuff that I was going through, but I really felt like God said that this was an area that he wanted us to all have freedom in. Because the thing I'm going to talk about today is something that if you have not experienced recently, the chances are that sometime in 2021 you're going to. And how we actually handle this and how we deal with it makes a really big difference to the way that we actually live our lives as followers of Jesus. Let me just say, normally, whenever I am preparing a message, I really don't like assuming anything. So if I was going to talk about Moses, which I'm not, but if I was going to talk about Moses, I don't like to assume that you guys all know who Moses is just because I say his name. So whatever I was going to talk about Moses, I would tell you what you needed to know to understand whatever it was that we were talking about. I'm actually not going to do that this morning. I'm going to make some assumptions. And I'm going to tell you what those assumptions are. And so if these are not the way that you think, then please contact me and let's have a conversation and let's actually talk about it because I'm not going to talk about it this morning because otherwise we would be here way too long and I believe that there's some things that God wants us to know and believe and walk away with and it will get too confusing if we talk about everything. So the assumptions I'm making is that we all believe that God is actually good. I'm making an assumption this morning that we believe that God has the very best for us. I'm making an assumption this morning that we believe what the Bible says. And I'm making an assumption this morning that we actually are going to, that we know that God is holy, that he is good, and he has our best. And so if those are things that you struggle with, and if those are things that you think, I actually don't know if I truly believe that God is good, please don't just leave that. Please come. You don't need to talk to me, but talk to someone. Because what I want to talk about is when you feel God has let you down. And as I said, I don't know why I know some of your stories, but there would probably be times when you feel that God's let you down. When you know that God can, but he actually doesn't. When you pray and you pray and you pray for healing and the ailment continues. And you think to yourself, I know God could heal, but he didn't. When you have a relationship, when you have a marriage, when you have a friendship, and it actually does not work the way that you know God wants it to work. And you've tried really hard and you've prayed really hard and it still broke down. When you ask God to help you love someone and they don't accept that love. When you know that God actually wants something to happen, you pray and you act and you move and you see nothing. When you ask God to bring someone to know him and they die without knowing him for as long, like as much as you can comprehend, because we don't actually, you know, you know what I'm saying. There are moments in our lives when we really do feel like God's let us down. We know he could do it. We don't question that he could do it, but he doesn't. And so we ask ourselves, God, why haven't you? 
It makes no sense. I know this was a good thing. I know this was part of what you say you want. But the reality is the person is no longer where you thought God wanted them to be. And it really, really hurts. And it's really, really hard. And it makes no sense. And you don't understand it. What do you actually do when you're in that space? If you've never been in that space, I want you to still listen. Because then when you are in that space, I hope that some of the things that we talk about this morning will actually help you. Because it's really, really tough when you have that conflict within you. When you know that God is good, when you know that God is able, you know that you have prayed faithfully. Like there's nothing that you think of as to why it's turned out the way that it's turned out. And if you're sitting in that position right now, I want you to know that you are actually not alone in that position. Sometimes it feels like I'm the only one who thinks this. And sometimes it feels like you can't even tell someone you think it. Because how dare I say I think God let me down? Because I know God can't let me down, but I feel like he does. And so what do we actually do when we're in that conflict? What do we actually do when we know that God can, but he didn't? And what we actually do in that space really impacts greatly on actually the way our relationship can continue with God. We can start to get really distant. We can start to actually wonder if anything I believe is true. So if you're in that space this morning, I so want you to know that you are not alone and I want you to know that God is actually there. I was tossing up whether to share this, but I think I will. One of the disappointments that I have in my life at the moment that I don't understand is why Crystal is still not with Matt and I. It doesn't make sense to me that we prayed, we did the best that we could, but circumstances made it that we had to say, this placement has to end. And that does not make sense to me. I do not understand it. So what do you actually do in that space? What have I done in that space? What do you do when you're in that space when it doesn't make sense. The first thing I really want people to know this morning is that it's okay to feel. It is okay to feel the disappointment. It's okay to feel the anger. It's okay to feel the confusion. Whatever feeling you're feeling in that space, it's actually okay to feel it. God actually can handle it. In Psalm 56, verse 8, it says, You, being God, keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. I'm a cry. I cry quite often. So to think that all my tears are collected in a bottle, it better be a big one. But how great is it to know that God actually doesn't say, get over it. What you're feeling makes no sense, just move on. He actually cares about our sorrow. He actually cares about our tears. He actually written it in his book. He actually remembers it. 
Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Romans 12, 15 says, Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. I think this is something that we as a church and we as people can get so much better at. Actually allowing people to feel how they feel and not just always come and say, oh, but you know that God's good. The person can know that God's good and still feel really, really sad. People can know things and still feel things. And I think what we need to do and what I want to do this morning is to say, if you feel let down by God, God is not telling you just to get over it. You're allowed to feel that. You're allowed to actually feel annoyed and confused and sad and angry. But it's what we actually do with those feelings that really matter. And what God doesn't want us to do is just to feel and feel and feel and not do actually anything with it. When we sit in our emotion and we dwell on our emotion and that's all that we do is just feel sorry for ourselves, that's not what God's calling us to do. But again, I want to make it clear that he's not saying, suck it up. And I think sometimes when we come alongside people who are feeling really sad and hurt, we still want to comfort them, but our comfort becomes judgmental because we're saying, come on, you know God's God, he's got a plan, just move on. Um, but God doesn't actually do that. He's close to the brokenhearted. He weeps with those who weeps and he actually tells us to do the same. So when you feel disappointed, when you feel let down by God, don't feel like God just wants you to get over it. But one of the things that we need to be mindful of, and now I'm going to do some head information, okay? One of the things that God wants us to know is that the Bible tells us to expect trouble. The Bible tells us in John 16, this is Jesus speaking, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So to actually think that we're not going to have disappointment, to actually think that we can live a life and everything's going to go the way that we want it to, is actually a lie. And God never tells us that. He tells us the opposite. He says, you will have trouble. He says, this is in 2 Timothy, this is what Paul says, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. How great is that? Um, they will deceive others and they themselves will be deceived. So we even find out that you can live a godly life and be persecuted. You can live an ungodly life and you're like, flourish. Really great. This is what... Paul tells us, because there's some people in the Old Testament that has a whole lot of trouble, but Paul, even in the New Testament, this is what he says, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I've endured the trials that have come from me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, neither publicly or in your homes. 
I have one message for Jews and Greeks alike. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lies ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So actually knowing that we are going to have disappointment, actually knowing we will have trouble, actually knowing that people like Paul, who if you want someone who followed God diligently and, you know, full on, you're not going to get someone that we, you know, I can think of probably more than him. He had trouble, he had trials, he had tears. And so expecting it cannot make it easier, but at least we won't be shocked when it happens. And if you have a theology, if you have a mindset that says, hey, God, you will always make life go well for me, that actually is going to make life really hard for you because when it doesn't go well for you, what do you do with that? So expecting trouble, knowing that it's going to happen, doesn't make it easier, but at least we are not surprised by it. So I think that's something that we really need to hold on to, that actually the Bible makes it really clear and the Bible never says that we're not going to have trouble, that we're not going to have disappointment, that life is always going to happen the way that we want it to. But the Bible actually tells us how God responds when we're in these situations. Here's some verses, and these are only some of them. I could have put a lot more up. Matthew 4, 6 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Psalm 55, 22, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. So it doesn't say the earth's not going to give way. It says God is going to actually be there in that trouble. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us all in our trouble so that we can comfort others. When we are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort as God gives us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. We are pressed hard on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus Christ, so the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Revelation 21.4, he will wipe every tear from my eyes. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the all older of things have been passed away. Now that last verse you might want to hold on to and say, fantastic, how can we get there? How can we get where there's like no more mourning, no more death, no more pain, no more crying? That's heaven. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about this earth. In all of those verses, and as I said, there's a lot more. God doesn't say, I will take it away. He says, I will be there with you. 
He says, I will comfort you. He says, I will give you my peace. He says, I will give you my joy, that it's not about the circumstances, but about who I am. It says, he says, it ca- he cares more about your relationship with him, and that is what will sustain you. That is what will get, will get you through. That is what will actually help you when the trouble comes. So it'd be fantastic if we could all go, hey, whenever there's trouble, we can just pray, ask God to take it away, and he will. Now, he does sometimes, and we all know that, and that's where the conflict comes, because we know he can, we know he has, but what do we do in those circumstances when he doesn't? So I don't want you to hear that God does not answer prayer, that God does not heal, that he does not come through and restore. Like that's his like, number one business is restoring. But what I want to talk about this morning is what do we do when that doesn't happen? So what God will do when it doesn't happen is he will be right there. His presence, his peace, his love, his comfort, his sustaining will be right there. And sometimes when you're in the middle of it, that doesn't feel like much. But that is everything. God of the universe will be right there. And because we live in the new covenant and we have the Holy Spirit, not just right there for a nation, but right there for you, for you personally, in your hurt, in your pain, in your disappointment, in your confusion, God is actually right there. And I don't know about what your testimony would say, but my testimony and my life says I couldn't do it without him. When it comes to trauma and when it comes to being disappointed, I've really had it quite easy. I admit that. Now, there has been times when I've been disappointed and things haven't gone the way that I want to, but I will stand up here and say that I know that there are people that have gone through so much more than I have. But even in what I have gone through, I know the only reason I continue to wake up and live the life that I live, that I continue to love people, that I continue to trust people, is because of the God that I serve. And if it wasn't for him, I think I probably would have come to the point by now of going, it's probably a bit too hard to love people. Probably a bit too hard to trust people. Easier just to love those who love me and forget about the rest of you. Even though most of you are people who would love me, so, you know, all good. But you know what I mean? How fantastic that we have a God that doesn't actually hide from our pain but comes closer to us in our pain. The Bible makes it really, really clear that those that are brokenhearted, those that are downcast, those that are discouraged, God is so, so, so very close to you. Sometimes we don't feel it. And I think what Matt said this morning was so good. Sometimes we actually need other people to remind us that God is there. And often God will use other people to remind us that he is there. So let God use you to remind people that he's there. And the Bible also tells us how we can respond. How do we respond in our disappointment in our hurt, when it actually feels like, even though we know in our head that God hasn't let us down, it actually feels like he has. Psalm 33, 4 says, For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. 
Hebrews, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can me mortals do to me? We get to the point of saying, my only response is I still trust you. That even though it doesn't take away the pain, even though it doesn't change the situation, even though I may still be hurt, I trust that you are good. I trust that you know what you're doing. I trust that you are here. I trust that you are with me. I trust that you will never forsake me. And what can me mortals do if I have you with me? And again, let me just remind you, that doesn't change the situation. It may, but sometimes the person is still not following God. The person is still not healed. You have still got the same situation that you had. But you come to the point of saying, I know who my God is and I know that he's trustworthy. And I'm going to believe what I know and not what I feel. And I'm going to trust in who God is, not to try and have positive thoughts and my feelings go away, but because it's actually true. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And I don't know about you, but often we've got to come to the point to say, I do not understand. This makes no sense to me. And instead of trying to make it make sense... I'm just going to trust God. Because the effort to try and understand things that do not make sense can take us down a slippery slope, actually away from the things of God and into the mire that just becomes a never-ending hole that just gets bigger and bigger. Because in life there will be things that you do not understand. Why that person walked away, why that healing did not take place, Even on Southern Cross Kids Camp, the things that have happened to these kids, God could have stopped it, but he didn't. God could have made a world where there was no pain. But sin came into the world for a reason, to remind us from our need from God. And God makes it really clear that there will come a day where there will be no more, but we're not in that time yet. And that is the struggle that we all live with that we know it's coming, but we're not there yet. We know we have a God that, can, that his kingdom can come to earth, but his kingdom is not everywhere. So to be able to say, I'm going to trust you, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, I'm going to lean on who God is, is our response to when we don't understand, when things are tough, when it doesn't make sense. Because we actually all have a choice to make. And the choice is one that was given in Joshua. Joshua said to the Israelite people, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites whose land you are living But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And there comes a time, normally not in our grief, but when we're not in grief, that's the best place to make this choice, to decide 
what am I going to do? Am I going to serve God? Am I going to trust him regardless of what life brings? Or is that too hard? And the great thing is that when we say we're going to trust God, we're not just left on our own, but the Holy Spirit actually gives us the strength to trust him. The Holy Spirit was sent to be our counsellor, to be our helper, to remind us of the things of God. Community was given to remind ourselves of the things of God. So that when I am at the place where it doesn't make sense to me, someone can come along and say, doesn't make sense to me either. But I'm here and God's here. And that is really, really powerful. Because God is a God who actually brings peace where there is no hope of peace. He brings hope in hopeless situations. He actually allows us to move and to walk when we feel like we can't. His presence is so, so powerful. So when it feels like God let you down, when life is at the point where it doesn't make sense, when you know that God can and he hasn't, know that God is there. Know that he is so very, very close to the brokenhearted. And our job is to trust, to trust in what we know God is to trust in what we know he is. And that's why testimonies are so powerful, because it reminds us of who God is. But can I just say that sometimes a testimony is, I could not wake up, I could not get out of bed, but God gave me the strength to get out of bed. That I don't understand anything, this still hasn't been resolved, it's not the way I want it to be, but I'm trusting God despite the circumstances. That is a testimony. Those are testimonies of God's goodness. One of the things that Matt said to the buddies who had the guy who they wrote the letter to, if you remember that story from earlier, he said to them, your experience on camp and your camper's experience on camp is going to be so powerful because you actually had a hard time. Because of the struggle, you got to show love. You got to show love despite his response. You got to actually show him that the mistakes he made does not define him. When there's other kids who went on camp that didn't get the opportunity because they didn't make as big a mistake as he did. So that's a testimony of itself. Let's get out of our heads that a testimony is, hey, God came and and solved everything in the way that I wanted him to. The testimony can be, this is not the way it should be, but this is the way it is. God is still in control, he is still good, and I still believe it. Um, And I think if we live a life like that, if we remind people of that, it means we can actually be a community that actually helps people walk through the hard things of life instead of pretending that life is always good when you're with God and when things are tough, we hide because I feel like God's let me down and I feel like I can't tell someone that because they'll say, where's your faith? My faith is I'm still standing. My faith and my trust is I'm still here. I'm still moving. I'm still walking. I'm still trusting. Even though I'm in so much pain, even though this makes no sense, even though this is not the way it should be, this is not what the Bible tells me, this should have happened, but I trust God in it. And I trust God even if nothing changes. That is the testimony that we can bring 
that is the hope that we bring, and that's what the presence of God actually allows us to do. There's a singer I really like, and I quote him all the time, and his name is Stephen Curtis Chapman. And he and his family, his wife Mary Beth and his family, have done some adoption through China and a whole lot of things that on my heart they actually have as well, which is one of the reasons I feel connected to him. But a number of years ago, probably 10 or more years ago, <coughs> one of his adopted daughters um, were playing outside. His son was driving into the driveway in the SUV. The daughter started running towards the car to greet her brother. Her brother didn't see her, ran over her, and she ended up dying. Um, and he wrote one of the most powerful albums I've ever heard on grief. And grief is not just someone's dying. Grief can be a relationship that was there is no longer. Like, it doesn't always have to be death. But just a powerful album. And he's written some books as well on it. His wife has and he has as to how they as a family have continued to trust God in the impossible. He talks about being in the emergency room and so believing that God was going to raise his daughter from the dead, like praying and praying and praying. And his wife having to come and say, we've got to let her go. I think God's saying we've got to let her go. And he's like, no, I can't, I can't. Like, that's how much faith they had. And to have to walk with their son who ran over his sister and the grief that, you know, is still there. They will talk about it today that they, the grief remains even though they're continuing to live and have joy and walk and still trust in God. And so if... That is something you're going through and you want some songs that really do, I think, speak powerfully and biblically into this whole disappointment space. Get it on Spotify. I've got the actual CD itself. I know how old that is. If you want to borrow it. But it really does. He, he, he does a fantastic job, I think, of explaining that balance between how do I actually live in the grief and still know that God's in control in the midst of it. So what I'm going to do is actually play one of the songs from the album. It's called I Trust You. And it basically says that I don't understand this. This makes no sense, but I'm still going to trust you. Because that's what I want you to hear today. Trusting God is not saying it all makes sense. Trusting God does not, is not saying it always worked out perfectly for me. Trusting God is saying I do not understand. It makes no sense to me, but I'm going to trust you despite the pain I'm going to trust you in the pain and I'm going to walk out my salvation knowing that you are with me even when there is trouble. Thanks, Daniel. And that's really what God desires for each one of us to do. To not pretend we're not in pain, to not pretend that we're disappointed. He actually can take all that. God is big enough and he already knows it. He already knows the pain that we feel. He already knows the disappointment and the hurt. And so instead of holding it on and pretending he doesn't, let's give it to him. Let's tell him. Let's scream at him if we need to. And then let's trust. You'll see that in the Psalms again and again and again. But that's what David does. He will say, God, that is not fair. How long will this have to happen? How long will this have to happen? It makes no sense, but still I will trust you. Still I know you are good. So let's not hide our disappointment. Find people you can trust that you can share with. 
so they can sit with you and say that so does not make sense. It is not fair. But we know that God is with us. And he will carry us. He's so close to the brokenhearted. And when we trust him, he will be there. If you are in a season at the moment where you're feeling really disappointed, where you feel like God's let you down, that the things you've been praying for for so long has not happened and you're getting annoyed and frustrated, or when things are happening in life and it just does not seem fair. I would love it if you would allow someone into that space and into that space not just on the surface but really deeply. I know that that's really helpful for me. When someone else knows and really knows and can sit with you and cry with you and say, yeah, that is so sad. It actually helps us to heal. It actually helps us to not carry it ourselves. And it means you can send that quick text message and say, life's tough today. And that person knows what that means. And they can pray for you. They can pray with you. They can practically help you. When if people just know from a distance, um, it becomes a whole lot harder for them to be able to, to know how to, to walk with you in that. Because um, not only does God walk with us, but I think he puts family and community and church around us to walk with us through the pain and to be with us in the pain so that we can sit and show the love and the presence of God. Um, so, yeah, and if you're not in that place, be open to be that for someone. Be open to allow yourself to feel with somebody in a way that actually can bring healing, that can bring understanding, that can actually bring God's presence into the situation. You don't need to know anything, you don't need to say anything, just actually your presence itself can be so powerful um, when someone is really hurting and needs to know that someone is there. So that's my prayer for this year, that when it comes to this whole area of disappointment, we will actually do it well that we will allow ourselves to feel, we will allow others to feel as well. But we won't just stay in our feelings. But we'll remember that we have a God who is so very, very close to the brokenhearted. His presence is there. And we can trust him. We can trust him even when we don't understand.